Thank you, Sheila. Living in the light. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Trinity. It's the second Sunday of Easter. So glad you're here this morning. Um, we have some sightings of Jesus this week, so be alert. Be on the lookout. Um, all kinds of places, and uh, we're so glad you're here this morning. And um, we have a song from, gosh, from the 70s to bring us into our uh, worship service this morning. And Arnie, are you going to tell us anything about it, or are you just going to play the song? This is a song that came out of the Jesus People Movement in the late 60s, early 70s, by the second chapter of Acts, one of the early Christian contemporary groups, called the Easter Song. Hear the bells ringing, they're singing that we can be born again. Hear the bells ringing, they're singing Christ is risen from the dead. The angel up on the tombstone says he is risen just as he said quickly now. Go tell his disciples that Jesus Christ is no longer dead. Joy to the world, he is risen. Hallelujah, he's risen. Hallelujah, he's risen. The bells ringing, they're singing that we can be born again. Oh, hear the bells ringing, they're singing, Christ is risen from the dead. The angel up on the tombstone says he is risen, just as he said, Tell his disciples that Jesus Christ is no longer lucky are we huh we're together Sunday morning we didn't have that seven o'clock service you didn't have to get up early just your usual time hello to all those worshiping online uh, Pastor Dennis and Jerry and Diane Haven whose birthday is today she's worshiping online so Diane happy birthday to you uh, thank you all for being here we're honored by your presence Easter continues 
Uh, the garden is still here. Our opening hymn is a great Easter hymn. Everything you're going to need is uh, printed before you on the bulletin. You can follow along right there, and then everything will be projected. So it should be real easy for you, and um, it, uh, it's good to be here. So if it's comfortable for you, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Great Easter hymn, Thine is the Glory. this morning reminds us who we are and what it means to extend God's welcome to all. Mary, divorced or single here, is one family that mingles here. conservative or liberal here, we all have a little here. big or small here, doubt or believe here, gay or straight here, Woman or man here? Whatever your race here? No dress code in place here? Mirroring the ridiculous love God has for us? Because mine is the church. We sing our hymn of praise. Mine is the church. 
Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Gracious Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for your invitation to worship, for the grace showered upon the lost, broken, and fearful, for a community that comes together to love and support each other. We give you thanks for the unfolding promise of Easter. Be with us now. Stay with us. Inspire us to change the world through love. We pray in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. The first lesson is from the second chapter of Genesis. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all their multitude. On the sixth day, God finished the work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it, God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth and no vegetation of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was no one to till the ground but a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. The word of the Lord. follower of the lectionary. I am a week early with this, but um, I hazard a guess that um, most of us have experienced a few Easter's and um, we've all been on the road to Emmaus for some time, but um, Emmaus. Christ, the question echoes down Emmaus Road, dead or raised to life, the same doubts spoken first so long ago, when a stranger came to two men on their journey. And it was not long before their broken hearts were burning. Somewhere between where you are 
and amaze a stranger wants to come and walk with you somewhere along the way your heart will be burning torn into the holy flame of truth right now he may be a stranger to you what will he be when your journey's through somewhere between where you are and Emmaus the Savior wants to walk with you some ask him in to stay as night falls on their own Emmaus road some push him away and never see the mystery unfold but those who take to heart the word that has been spoken as he breaks the bread of life their eyes will open somewhere between where you are and a a stranger wants to come and walk with you. Somewhere along the way, your heart will be burning, drawn into the holy flame of truth. Right now, he may be a stranger to you. What will he be when your journey's through? Somewhere between where you are and the maze, the Savior wants to walk with you. Somewhere between where you are and Emmaus, a stranger wants to come and walk with you. Somewhere along the way, your heart will be burning, drawn into the holy flame of truth. Right now he may be a stranger to you what will he be when your journey's through somewhere between where you are and Emmaus the Savior wants to walk with you the Savior wants to Thank you, uh, Arnie, Rob, Sheila, Ron, Carl. Thank you. Appreciate our musicians. Uh, Rob, you're, that was an advertisement for next week. You're absolutely right. So you all got to come back next week because we're going to dig into that Emmaus story last week. But you sing any time for us, Rob. Thank you so much for that. Happy to be here this morning? Yes. And after the sermon, just stay put. I have another piece of music. Uh, thank you, too, to Christy for uh, reading that uh, text. That text from the book of Genesis. What is it? It is a reminder of our beginning. 
Adam and Eve are created, but Adam and Eve are not just created. No, they are created in the image of God. And it is clear from that text, from that story, that it was not an accident. It was intentional. God created our first parents with intention. We were formless clay. We were the stuff of stars, elements, until what happened in that story? Until God breathed into us. Do not think for a minute that your beginning was any less miraculous or any less intentional. Now, you may have been planned by your parents, or you may have been an accident of passion, but until God breathed into you, you were nothing but the common elements of creation. God breathed life into you, and you took on the very image of God. Now, I don't know how many of you watched 60 Minutes, but last week, 60 Minutes had a segment on the James Webb telescope. There it is. It looks like sci-fi because it kind of is. And on this show last week, the scientists, the astronomers who have given their entire life to this work, gazing into the heavens, researching the cosmos, theorizing about the Big Bang and the dawn of creation, they were absolutely amazed when the James Webb Deep Space Telescope went online. And after significant observation, they realized that there is no empty space in the sky. There's no empty space. All of the universe is filled with billions of galaxies, and each galaxy has billions of stars. It's not empty, this creation. No, the skies are full. And then they continue to say that the universe, even after all of their study and research, is shrouded in mystery. In fact, they said that 95% of all the energy in the universe is dark matter, dark energy, meaning what? Meaning they have no idea where it came from or what is behind it. Now, the word God was never used on that 60-minute show. And our faith does not discount the mystery of God. We must be very comfortable with mystery as Christian people. I would say that God is mostly hidden from us. 99% of God's activity and grandeur and majesty is unknown to us. A mystery that's beyond human comprehension. Our faith does not discount the mystery. It only claims that the author of creation and the author of human life is the one who breathed life into Adam and Eve, who breathed life into you and into me. He is risen. How many of you are here on Easter? Yeah, what a day, huh? It was such a grand day for us. It felt like the good old days. You know, the parking lot was full. The pre-COVID days, people were singing, families taking photos up here in front of the garden, children scurrying about with Easter baskets in hand. A mother and son were baptized together at the 11 o'clock service. Toddlers were reaching out their hands to 
received the bread and wine of Holy Communion. The gym was full of hungry worshipers and faithful volunteers provided food and extravagant hospitality. Thank you all for making it a wonderful Easter. Easter was grand, and now it's in the history books, right? Oh, no. No, Easter continues. It's not an end, it's just beginning. And our Easter journey continues today in the Gospel of John, and in the text that we're going to be looking at, it's still Easter. It's still Easter Sunday. But as we enter the story, it's clear that Easter has not yet come to the disciples of Jesus. So we're going to begin with the Gospel of John, the 19th verse, and here it is. When it was evening, on that day of the week, on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear. Now, what do you notice here? Fear. Fear ruled the day. Now, it should be noted that in your life and in mine, a little bit of fear can be a good thing. A little bit of fear can keep you alive. A little bit of fear can keep you out of trouble. A little fear will serve you well. A little fear before getting into dangerous water or walking too close to the edge of a cliff. Yeah, don't do that. Or, maybe even more dangerous, walking down this aisle with someone that you don't really know very well. A little fear, you see, is a good thing. But if fear rules the day, that's not good. If fear rules the day and I find that I'm afraid to pull the car out of the garage or leave the house at all, if I'm so afraid of being hurt that I will not trust my heart to anyone, then fear has won. And the life that I live is less than the abundant life that God desires for me. Restricted by fear, cut off from joy. On that first Easter, it's very clear that fear ruled the day. Now, keep in mind that the disciples were just a few days removed from the horrific torture and crucifixion of Jesus. Fear was understandable. Fear would have likely ruled our lives, too, at that point. The disciples were terrified. They were fearful that the religious authorities might still have a few empty crosses, empty crosses with their names on them as followers of Jesus. And they may have been afraid, think about this for a moment, they may have been equally afraid, equally terrified by something else. You see, if the reports of Jesus escaping the tomb were true, if Jesus had risen from the dead, if Jesus were on the loose, then he might just be looking for a little revenge, a little retribution from those who had betrayed him, denied him, and left him alone to face the cross. Yes, the doors were locked. Security. No one leaves. No one comes in. The tomb in the garden was opened, and their doors were locked. Fear. The tomb in the garden was empty, but the tomb of the disciples was locked down like Fort Knox. Well, let's continue on. When it was evening, on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. Holy smokes, it's Jesus. How did he get in here? Who unlocked the doors? 
hide, look busy, beg for mercy. This dead man is walking and talking. This corpse has come back to haunt us. Jesus stood among them and said, what is he going to say? Where were you when I needed you? I could not be more ashamed of you. I'm going to put you in time out, and we'll call it purgatory. What did he say? Let's see. Jesus looked at them and said, say it. Go ahead. Peace. Shalom. Let me translate. You have nothing to fear from me. You have nothing to fear from me. If I wanted you dead, you'd be dead already. Do not be afraid. Peace be with you. Shalom. It's beautiful, is it not? But i got to tell you, we're going on, and the text is now going to get messy. Here we go. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. His hands were shredded by nails. His side, you may remember, was pierced by a spear. And the wounds were still there, messy wounds. Wounds uniquely caused by crucifixion. If they had any doubts in their mind up till now that this was Jesus, they were gone because now they could see these wounds. And the text says, then the disciples rejoiced. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. We go on. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As my Father has sent me, so I send you. Peace, shalom, all is forgiven, all is forgotten. It's a clean slate, and you have nothing to fear from Jesus. Why did he say it a second time? Because you know what? Some things need to be said more than once. Some good news needs to be repeated. I love you. I love you. I love you. Never gets old, does it? You see, Jesus needed the disciples to go to the ends of the earth. Jesus needed them to change the world that we might sit here 2,000 years later to share the teachings of the rabbi from the Galilee. And Jesus knew that it'd be pretty hard for them to go to the ends of the earth if they were weighed down with guilt and shame. Peace be with you. Shalom. And we go on. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed on them. Think about that for a moment. Jesus breathed on them. How intimate, how close he must have been. Jesus did not breathe on them like a dragon from 100 yards away. In fact, Jesus did not breathe on them at all. Oh, yes, I can read it. That's what it says. But if you go to the Hebrew, the Hebrew text literally says he breathed into them. Do you recognize that phrase? Christy just read it for us. Do you understand what's happening here? The disciples had been as good as dead. Their lives had shattered. Their hopes were gone. Judas had given himself over to despair. They were lost. They were alone. They were locked behind closed doors. They were in a tomb. They were dead. And yet these four simple words, peace be with you, and the breath of God had changed their lives and changed the course of human history. 
And here comes the final verse for this morning. In this verse, Jesus gives his disciples tremendous power. And as his disciples today, we have this same power at our disposal. Let's look at verse 23 now. Remember, Jesus is face-to-face with them. He's just given them mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. And he said, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This Easter text changed the world. And I'm going to say without question that this text has the power to change your life. This text contains two key teachings that might lead you to or restore you to abundant life. And abundant life is the only thing that God desires for you. Now, you've heard the story. Now I'd ask you to listen carefully. Jesus gave his disciples, that's us, that's you, that's me, the power to pronounce the forgiveness of sins. No need to sacrifice in the temple in Jerusalem anymore. No confession to the priest is necessary. No penitence is necessary. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. It's a done deal. Got it? But it goes on. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is the amazing power that God gives you. Forgive or retain. We are given a choice. Forgive or retain. It is up to you. So what does the word retain mean? Retain means to keep possession of or to keep in one's memory. This is free will in action. You can forgive. You can come to the party. You can treat others as God has treated you. You can quit pointing fingers. Or, or you can keep possession of. Keep possession of every wrong ever done to you. You can keep in your memory every betrayal, each slight, each unkind word or deed. You can choose to live into Easter, or you can stay in the darkness of Good Friday. Good Friday when everyone was keeping score. The disciples blamed Judas. They blamed Peter. They blamed John. They blamed themselves. And they had shame and despair all around. You have the power to proclaim forgiveness. Or you can hold on, keep possession of, keep in your memory bank the poison of broken promises and betrayal. The choice is totally yours. This is a power given to you by Jesus. Now, I should say very clearly, your retention will not keep God from forgiving that scoundrel that you carry around with you like an open wound. No, God's going to forgive them. God is clearly not in the business of retaining sins and keeping score, or none of us would have a chance. You can retain the sins of those who have offended you, but know that God will forgive them, God will meet them, and when God meets them, you know what God's going to say. Peace be with you. Okay, clear your mind for a moment. I don't want you to think about anyone else right now. I just want you to think about you and God. Why? Because God has a word for you. 
as God meets you today. Perhaps fear rules your life right now. Perhaps regret, shame, and guilt are haunting you. Listen up, my friends, because God, that God that you've been afraid of, that God that you've been ashamed to face, has four words for you. The second critical teaching that will lead you to abundant life, peace be with you. Peace be with you. God has made peace with you. You have nothing to fear. You need not hide as our parents did in the Garden of Eden. You need not hang yourself from a tree as Judas did. You need not live behind locked doors. No, God has four words for you and for me and for the human race that God loves. Peace be with you. God has made peace with you. Now, when you go out those doors today, see if you can believe that. See if you can believe that and make peace with yourself. And see if you can accept that grace. And as you do, maybe then you can offer words of peace to others. Amen. Jesus, King of angels, heaven's light, shine your face upon this house tonight. Let no evil come into my dreams. Light of heaven, keep me in your peace. Remind me how you made dark spirits flee And spoke your power to the raging sea And spoke your mercy to a sinful man Remind me, Jesus, for this is what I am the universe is vast beyond the stars And you are mindful when a sparrow falls Mindful of the anxious thoughts that find me Surround me and bind me Sovereign Lord, tomorrow let me love you even more, and rise to speak the goodness of your name, until I close my eyes in sleep again. The universe is vast beyond the stars But you are mindful when a sparrow falls 
mindful of the anxious thoughts that find me, surround me, and bind me. Jesus, King of angels, heaven's light, hold my hand and keep me through the night. You may remain seated as we lift our hearts to God in prayer. Christy's going to lead us in the prayers. We have a sung uh, prayer response. We'll sing that once now. And then three times we'll return to that sung response after the petitions that we share. Let us pray. Hear us, God, it's your peace that we are seeking. Still our hearts keep us open to believing. Hear us. We lift our prayers to God, who raised Jesus to new life. Gracious God, Jesus came to fearful disciples and said, Peace be with you. Through the resurrection of your Son, you destroy the power of death and move us beyond shame and fear. Lead us from despair to hope, from fear to trust. Let peace fill our homes, hearts, and our world. Diffuse the violence of our tongues and our hands. Renew our hearts and our minds so that our way of life will always be that of shalom, peace, salam. Let your goodness, grace, and peace continue to flow upon and through all your people we sing our prayer. Hear us, God, it's your peace that we are seeking. Still our hearts keep us open to believing. Hear our prayer. Faithful God, help our unbelief. Let us, like Thomas, declare, my Lord and my God, and believe in spite of stumbling blocks in our way. You invite us into the challenge and the power of forgiveness. Today, let us look within so we might forgive ourselves and look at the world around, wars, mass shootings, betrayals, abuse, and begin the struggle within to really see, hear, understand, and with your help, forgive those who we may have seen as unforgivable. We sing our prayer. Hear us, God, it's your peace that we are seeking. Still our hearts keep us open to believing. Hear our prayer. God of new life, let us always practice resurrection in our lives. Give confidence to those who are beset by doubt and fear, 
and suffer mental anguish as a result. Be with those who are ill and are approaching death. Roll away the stone that blocks the path to new life and hope so that the light of Christ may shine into the darkness and bring joy and warmth to all. We remember aloud or in the silence of our hearts all those we know who are in need of prayer or renewal. We sing our prayer. And now, God of peace, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Stand up, share the peace. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing in that greeting of peace. Uh, take that good energy right over in the gym and get some chocolate. It's chocolate Sunday, so come on over into the gym. Enjoy a time of coffee and uh, fellowship together. Um, it's an important part of sharing the journey together. There's a lot going on in the church, so read very carefully the back side of that bulletin with all the announcements. So much going on here at the church. Uh, we have a memorial this uh, Friday for Tom Knack. Tom, uh, a longtime member of our church, um, and uh, the service for him will be at 2 o'clock on Friday. And if you could help buy a bacon cookies, that'd be, Tom ate a few hundred thousand of them here. So um, if you could help buy bacon cookies to the reception, you can sign up out on the table in the narthex. Also on that table in the narthex, we're starting new uh, four by four groupings uh, for the spring and summer. The four by four groupings would be approximately eight people, singles, couples, whatever. And this would be to be outside in your backyard, on your deck, in your house for dinner, come and pet your dog, see the pictures of your grandkids, and get to know each other better. So you sign up, and then we'll kind of put people together, and you'll get to meet uh, new people. And over the summer, the most beautiful time in the Northwest, have a little time to fellowship together uh, at different homes. Also, we have our, our card ministry every week out there. For the next couple weeks, we're sending cards to some of our college students as they're about to go into finals and get ready to come home for the summer or wherever they're going to be. So we're going to put some uh, addresses out there each week. Just send them a note, tell them you're praying for them and thinking of them, and that'll mean a lot to them to get that mail, real mail, you know, what is that? So uh, you could send those uh, as well. Lana Johnson, what are you up to, Lana? Five, five, that's what I'm up to. I would expect props. Thank you. Um, so I've got two really important announcements, okay? So the first one, this is like exciting because it's been a long time since we've been able to get together in the afternoon. So this Thursday is 
a luncheon. Okay? So, it is called It's Finally Spring Fling. I'm not sure it's really finally here, but, um, you know, we're just going to kind of go into this as we're really excited for spring. I took a look online for recipes for spring, and I was really amazed that there really were ones. So um, get creative, it'll be fun, and uh, I hope everybody comes. There's a sign-up on the table. We love sign-ups. Um, I sign up on the table if you are going to come. It would be great to sign up, okay? All right, so my next one, this is a little bit more serious, okay? It's easy to take you seriously. Okay, remember April showers bring May flowers. So um, the signups for May and June for volunteering are in the gym. And I'm trying not to be fearful um, that, that those lists are gonna remain empty. So um, if you could just, you know, go in there and sign up for maybe cookies, I mean, you know, like serving. You know, if you were doing coffee today, you'd be in there right now eating some chocolate. And it would be okay because you signed up to do coffee. So, um, but ushering is going to be a big one. If you've never ushered before, we do communion on the first and third Sunday. So you might not want to choose one of those for your first time out. You might want to choose like the second and fourth. But we want everybody to get involved. And that's a good way to meet new people. So, thank you. Thanks, Lana. As always. Noon, noon on Thursday for this luncheon, noon on Thursday. Uh, Deacon Amy, come on up. I always feel so unprepared following Lana. <laughs> don't have any wardrobe changes. Um, so this Thursday after lunch, come back for dinner. Six o'clock is our uh, Thursday family fun night. We meet at six for dinner and then fun um, games and activities together. And that's open for families, whatever your family may be, families of all ages on Thursday evening. And then uh, adult forum in the, or Sunday forum in the fireside room between services. Uh, this morning we begin a two week uh, kind of series on creation care. So uh, Joseph Sheldon, who is a member of our congregation, will be down there this morning speaking about theology of creation care. And then next Sunday we get to learn about Circlewood, Camino Island which is a community striving to live sustainably and reform their lives around love and care for God's creation. So two weeks on creation care in Sunday Forum. And then we have a food drive. It's been a while since we've done a food drive. So youth will be collecting food before and after worship services next Sunday, the 23rd. Um, all the donations go to Good Cheer and Gifts from the Heart. So we'll have the church van out here, and we'll um, see if we can fill up the van to help feed our hungry neighbors. So thank you for helping with that. And then we have a couple of summer trips coming up for our youth. High school students are going to Holden Village in May. Uh, element, or middle school kids are going to Coeur d'Alene, back to Camp Luther Haven this summer. And then high school kids again get to go down to California to the Western States Youth Gathering. So I have some pictures. These are, this is a former trip to Holden Village, a wonderful opportunity for kids. What's our next one? Oh, this was our last group that went to Luther Haven in Coeur d'Alene. And then this was our last group of high school students that went to camp in Montana. So all of these ventures are really incredible experiences for our kids, and we are so, 
so very thankful for this congregation that helps to support us. And so leading up to this summer's huge travel um, experiences and opportunities, we are having a fundraiser on May 7th. We need to raise some funds so that we can help these trips to stay affordable for our families. So May 7th, we're doing a dinner and um, a kind of small silent auction and a few items for a live auction. We'll have some music provided by our youth, um, slideshows and opportunities to learn about these experiences and just ways for you to support these kids in these incredible adventures. So tickets will go on sale next Sunday. Tickets will be $20 each and we'll have those in the gym following worship service starting next Sunday. So we invite you all and um, appreciate your support of these kids. Thank you. All right, thank you, Amy. Uh, the, um, this Wednesday night, 7 o'clock, David Roth is going to be here. And uh, he's been with us many times in the past. He's an incredible storyteller, songwriter, uh, performer, uh, friend of Carl's, friend of mine. As he's going to be here. Uh, and there's uh, no tickets. Just come and encourage uh, friends to come. Great opportunity to introduce them to Trinity Lutheran Church. Now, we sing many of his songs, or you hear many of his songs. And so um, I asked Carl to sing. Uh, Carl and Ron are going to do one of his songs as we transition towards the close of the service. Uh, this is a song you've heard many times, one of our favorites, I'll Stand for Love. David Roth wrote it. He'll be performing it on uh, Wednesday, and Carl and Ron are going to play it for us right now. And as always, you get to sing along. I stand for love, I stand for peace, I stand for joy and for release, for what is beautiful and true. I stand for hope, I stand for you, I stand for love, I stand for peace, I stand for joy and for release. For oh, what is beautiful and true, I stand for hope, I stand for you. You know our world is in great pain. She needs our loving care again. But there are those who fail to see what we have done and what we need. There is a cost for every act, and now there is no turning back. We burn a bridge, we bang a drum, it's time to rise, the time has come to stand for love, to stand for peace, to stand for joy and for release. For what is beautiful and true To stand for hope, to stand for you If you're thinking it's not urgent That we've got more time to kill If I'm not the one who changed things Then for heaven's sake, who will?
will climb that mountain one step at a time. I won't be swayed, I will not stop until we've made it to the top where we will stand for love and peace. We'll stand for joy and for release for what is beautiful and true. We'll stand for hope, we'll stand for you for what is beautiful and true. I stand for hope, I stand for you. I would invite you to stand as we lift our hearts to God, praying together as Jesus taught us to pray the Lord's Prayer. We'll sing it. service ends, your ministry begins. Make the choices to love and forgive. And as you go out those doors, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our sending hymn, let there be peace on earth. Let it begin with me. Amen.